You're listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 127, sponsored by Jim Haley's Universe, Foo Comics, and In Stock Trades. I did that with no preparation. iFanboy.com Pick of the Week Podcast, episode 127. I just made it. I am Josh, and I am here with... Ron. Connor. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> you, you know what? You said it separately. <laughs> just barely, but you did. iFanboy.com is a site about comic books. We do that site. We make it. It is us, but it is also you. Uh, we read a bunch of them every week. One of us is tasked with picking the one that they thought was best, and that becomes the the vaunted pick of the week where we come here and talk about it on the podcast. And of course, there's a nice written review on the site. Uh, before we go, we're talking about the weeks that came, the books that came out this week. Or we're talking about weeks, either way. Uh, the books that came out this week, so uh, we'll talk about plot points, details, things like that. And you certainly wouldn't want to have them spoiled if you hadn't read your book yet. So uh, you should do that. So uh, let's get on with it. Uh, Connor has the pick this week. I do. Yes. So... Uh- who loves comic books? Raise your hands. I do. Boot. Boot. Yeah. This yeah, is a great week honestly. of comics. I had um, a lot of them, as apparently is the norm now. I haven't had a week under 10 books in forever. And um, I think only two books I thought were not very good. Whereas wow. that leaves um, 13 books I thought were good to excellent. So That's that a was good a good ratio. week. Of, That's a, yeah, I was really happy. I didn't want to stop reading comics. <laughs> I never want to stop. We're going to going to go drastically off topic if I ask you what the two books you didn't think were great were? Um, yeah, I'd like to hear about them. There were three. Actually, now oh, I'm looking at the stack. You liar. It, it's worse. No, two. I'm sorry, two. Alright. Uh, Abe, Sapien, and Young Avengers. Okay, what, mm. was the, what was the third iffy one? Logan. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, okay. And the, but the problem, that there's a flip side. The good, the, lots of good books means uh, when you have the pick of the week, uh, it's hard because there's lots of books you want to you want to recognize. You want to be able to honor all of them, but you can't because you've got to pick the one best one. I had four I feel like that I, f- I really like to have picked. I feel like Josh on iFanboy.com wrote about the iFanboy drinking game. I feel as if the whenever we lament about having to pick one. <laughs> whenever we uh, yeah. qualify what our pick is. Yeah, I'm gonna take this is not a qualification. There's no qualification to this pick, but there was four well, I, I could have easily picked. It's just going, oh, it was hard to decide. Yeah, it was hard to decide. Oh, my life is so hard. I had to. Pick I didn't say that. I said it was hard to pick the best one because there was lots of good ones. Um, but the best one, the one that was my favorite, the one that I liked the most, was Action Comics number eight sixty three from Jeff Johns, who I didn't realize until later on after I'd written the pick that had last week's pick also. Wow, this might be yeah. the year of Johns. This this makes me want to hit a button that like hits like applause, like I want to do a <laughs> moment badly. Like it was Jeff Johns. <laughs> Clap, Last clap. year, Jeff Johns was our writer of the year, wasn't he, on our year intro? Yeah. He's continuing on. This is the end of the Legion of Superheroes story, Action Comics. Jeff Johns has been writing action for a long time now. He wrote that uh, abbreviated Richard Donner yeah. uh, storyline that, that either never ended or ended in a, mini, uh, a manual that I did not buy. Um, and then he wrote the Eric Powell storyline, which I didn't buy, but Ron really liked. Ooh, that was great. 
And now this is this is his first sort of I think I think Eric Powell's storyline was still kind of gimmicky because a lot of it having to do with Eric Powell being the artist and it was Bizarro no, you World. Just, you just don't like Bizarro. In Bizarro World, um, <laughs> it's not. I don't think it was Eric Powell. I think it was just you just don't like Bizarro. No, I didn't. I, didn't I don't mean gimmicky in a bad way. I think, but I think it was it was more about Eric Powell drawing the book than it was the story. You know what I mean? I think a lot of the a lot of the hype on the book was because of the artist. All right. Which is well deserved because he's a good artist. But um, whatever. So I feel like this is the first standard Jeff Johns mini where there's no other um, outside influence on it, and it's it was really 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 good. And I don't have any allegiance to the Legion of Superheroes. I never really read any of their books. One of my best friends growing up, he was a big Legion fan. He was always trying to get me to read the Legion books. He was always pushing the Keith Giffen Legion books on me when they were all uh, underground, didn't wear costumes. I didn't want any part of it. Um, so I never really read them. I don't know anything about them. I know they've got silly names and silly costumes like all superheroes do, and they show up during big events, and I think they're kind of cool But in that sense. But I never really read any stories about them. But this has been one of those six-part stories where Jeff Johns has taken his love of all things DC and made me love them too. He, he's made them interesting. He's made them funny. Um, the Legion of Superheroes has lots of members like the Justice Society, but, but even more so. And <laughs> Yeah, even more so. I bought this <laughs> issue and I literally lost count of the number of Legion people that were – I'm like, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. <laughs> it's a Legion. And- <laughs> and uh, by the court, by the end of these six issues, I know Ron, you bought, you read this one, but not the others. I really had a good sense of most of them, at least the ones that were really dealt with in the story. Really, I really just through through the interactions with each other and Superman, I really got a sense of who they were, their relationships, who was dating who, who was you know who didn't like who, uh, and it, and it was all it all worked out well. He's he's one of the few people I I know of that can write all of these characters, these books with tons of characters, and keep them all. Sort of ju- all the balls juggled in the air. Every there were characters here that they, through the course of this series they all had little moments. They all got the, the time to shine. They all had the little. They all used their powers to, uh, to save the day, and it, and it was really really strong and really 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 good Superman. Um, one thing about Legion is is he's the Legion is Superman's. They're his friends from the future. They they first met him when he was in high school. They brought him to the future because Superman was a big influence in the future. He is he is like the basis of society in the future. All the Legionnaires are Legionnaires because of Superman, and he he became Superboy in the Legion of Superheroes. And there's lots of comics about that. And he's a, he's able to go into the future and be himself and be comfortable because everybody uh, there's no pressure on him. There's so many superheroes. There's the Legion of Superheroes take care of everything. He doesn't need to be Superman there, and he can just enjoy himself. And you can really see that in this book where he is more comfortable with them. Uh, he is he cracks jokes. He smiles. He, he treats them like they're like his old friends, and it's something Superman you don't get to see in a lot of books because he's always he's uh, he's got the pressure of being Superman in his regular books or his regular stories, and that was really good to see. Uh, on top of which, the art by Gary Frank was just amazing. Uh, he's one of my favorites, and even though um, he draws Superman to look like Christopher Reeve, which can be kind of creepy at times. I, I, uh, yeah, I do have to admit. I mean, like I did pick this up based because I, I saw because you put the pickup like in the middle of the day, at least for me, and so yeah. you so I was able to see what it was before I went to the store, and so I grabbed it, you know, and like you know, like I said, I had no idea what was going on, but it was readable. I mean, like it it reminded me of being in elementary school and reading a Superman story, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is right because I didn't know what who anybody was or what was going on. I knew who Superman was, but I got the gist of the story, so right. I think it was good on that. But the thing that stood out was Gary Frank Superman. I thought was was. It's yeah, fantastic. It was fantastic. Yes, I see the Christopher Reeve infl- influence, but more so, it's it's less less unrealistic. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, so at least at least the Superman in my head over the past couple of years has always been like the Ed McGuinness 
kind of. He's like, not super yeah. barrel chested. He's not humongous. Yeah. He's just, he's he's got a he's got muscles clearly, but he's not like the biggest guy I've ever seen. And, yeah, and he looks a little ridiculous in the pajamas. Yeah, well, because because Gary Frank draws clothes. He draws yeah. costumes that look like clothes, and yeah. and uh, what well, the, the quick the quick plot um, summary is that uh, the they, Superman goes into the future because the Justice League in the future is evil. They're, they're, it's being run by a bunch of Legion rejects, people who couldn't make the Legionnaires. Um, so they, they in turn, uh, wage an anti-alien campaign and get people to hate aliens. And most of the Legion are aliens, so they get driven away. And they convince the populace that Superman was not from Krypton, but was from Earth. And it was propaganda from the Legion that convinced they were all from Krypton. So, so everybody in the future thinks Superman was an Earthman who hated aliens, too. So and this is destroying the Legion because the public's not behind them anymore, and the, the Justice League is strong, and they're, ta- they're taking on the Legion, so they need Superman's help. And the problem was that when they brought him back, the sun was changed from yellow to red, which means his powers were negated, so he had no powers. He got shot in the hand, and he really couldn't do anything. And the, and the, shot in the hand. That's and the weird. Do blame. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, well, well, that was it. This is, this is the final issue where he has to, you know, they, they save the day, and then everything's right in the world. And it was really, really good. Cool. Um, if, if you want to see that beautiful art, make sure you check out the mini. Download that yeah. in HD. Yeah. If you go check, out the, uh, check out the iFanboy mini where I talk about this and you're able to show some of the art. If you haven't seen it from the pages, they're really, really good-looking pages. Yeah. And then at the, at the end, there's a little Final Crisis Legion of Three Worlds advertisement, which is the Jeff Johns, George Perez miniseries from I Final Crisis. I saw that. So, so Legion is going to play a role in Final Crisis. Or at least in this miniseries. Well, that's going to hurt my head. Yeah. But, uh, but George Perez is nice. And he's drawing millions of characters, which is what he does. But that that has nothing to do with this story, which was which I thought was excellent. This is, might have been the best six issue Superman story that I've read, um, possibly in twenty years. I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> wow. been a long time. In a, in a regular book, in a in a, a, a regular in a regular action comics Superman story, where they don't seem to be able to handle him. He they, he gets handled well in, in, in Elseworlds books, in team books, in miniseries, and specials. But for some reason. When it comes to the main books, they never can get him. But I think Jeff Johns is the one. Jeff Johns and James Robinson this year are writing Superman books, and they said they're going to straighten them out. So hopefully they can do that because no one else seems to be able to. And they say it every six months. <laughs> well, every time a team comes on, that's, the, that's their mantra is we're going to bring Superman back. And I remember that going all the way back to reading Wizard when Joe Casey wrote it in the early 90s with Jeff Loeb. <laughs> and they were, they were going to make him cool. In the early 90s? No, you mean the early 2000s. Was it then, or was it the college? early nineties? Was those Death of Superman, Jan Jurgens, all that? You're right. You're right. You're right. It was it was the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So. And uh, I remember Joe Casey jumped on a table during the interview and pretended to, pretended to surf it. Oh, that Joe, he's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, that was my pick of the week. It was excellent. It was there was a lot of really really good books. I thought that was one of the few great ones. Um, but there was another book that came out called Secret Invasion Number One, which people may or may not have heard of. I this is the one about the um something the skulls is it? <laughs> so we should we should probably mention that on uh this last week on Wednesday the uh the iFanboy mini video episode that came out we talked all three of us talked about our reaction to Secret Invasion um so if you didn't watch that go check it out but um but how could we not talk about it here on this show I mean this we should is- also mention that um this Secret Invasion number one at the time of this recording is the all-time highest pulled book on iFanboy since we've added the, the full function. Yeah, um, 493 pulls at the time of the show. I'm, I suspect it'll break 500. Yep. The previous previous high was 420 from a Captain America issue. So this is blew past, uh, as I suspected it would, it blew past that. Everyone that I have talked to that has read this now says it's been out for a few days. Everybody that I've given it to to read, everybody that's read it, have all been like, wow, that was really good. 
like no, not a single person has bitched or moaned about it that I've heard, at least. I'm sure there are people bitching and moaning. There are about there it. are some on the on the website that have said that they didn't love it. I thought it was really good, and I thought that's a good description of it. It was really good. I didn't think it was great. What what wasn't great about it? What wasn't what 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 kept it from being great? I really I thought it was really good. I thought Yu's art was as strong as I've seen it. Great, great art. Yeah. Uh, um, as we said, you know, that it looks like he's got somebody else inking him, and yeah, it's, Mark it's really Morales is inking pulling him. it all together. Yeah. Um, however, you know, it's there was not a moment really that I was blown away. I don't think that there was anything where I I was really surprised or shocked by any of the scroll reveals. I guess. Well, I you, really you don't have an affinity for the Marvel Universe. I mean, like the Dum Dum or Jarvis doesn't doesn't get you. Okay. What are you talking about? He, he totally does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think that's so. Because when I saw Dum Dum, I went, oh, Dum Dum. No, no, but Dum Dum's, I mean, like, he's a side character. He's not one of the main characters. I think the one thing that didn't happen that sort of needed to is that none of the main Avengers. I think it would have been too obvious. Although no, but he, I also, I also think that we're getting there. there. We're getting to that point. Yeah, it hasn't exactly. happened yet. Yeah. Right, but that's I mean, like, going to happen. Yeah. And sure, that will be when it. I think we have to find out that one of those new Avengers or Mighty Avengers, specifically, I think it has to be one of the new Avengers. Yeah. Yes. Somebody prominent has to be revealed as as the scroll. I mean, basically, at the end of this, I'm with. And Pym doesn't count. He's in the initiative. He's not one of the Avengers teams right now. Like none of he also like, hasn't because, done anything really in, a, in the last. Wait a few minute! Years. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! No, wait, wait. Hank Pym is uh, Avengers Initiative. He's been leading that. Don't say he's not on Avengers. He's totally one. Of the, I, I, he's just I not an Avengers two, you're reading. I read two Avengers books: Mighty Avengers and New Avengers. Right. He's not on one of those. He's, teams. he's, he's, not, he's not. He's not in either of the two main books that almost everybody reads. That reads Marvel. Hardly anybody anymore. But you can't reads say it. that he's not an Avenger or that he's not part of the Avengers. He is. He's one of these. He's two not. Teams. He's not part of any of those main teams. The two. The, the, the Avengers Initiative. Comprises fifty-two teams across. 30, no, I mean, it's 50 focused on the Connecticut the on, the, on the Camp Hammond group in Connecticut that he's been leading. Yeah, and but I nobody cares about those. Well, <laughs> and I'm you know what? I'm not the only one. I'm just saying, don't dismiss him. He's an Avenger. He's not. He's not a Mighty or New Avenger. Therefore, he's not a prominent. What I'm saying is none of these characters. He's been in Mighty too. yet. Yeah, like somebody biggest has to be Carol Danvers or the or the Sentry or. Or Wolverine, like one of these, ha- like you have to have that moment, and maybe right. they're saving it. But that's, I think, that's what I feel was missing when I look back on it in retrospect. And I don't think that when we did the show uh, for Wednesday, I-, I sort of realized that that's what I felt was missing. I was, I mean, I love it that it was Dum Dum. I thought, I thought Jarvis was a good touch. Um, uh, Captain Marvel keeps showing up for some reason that yep. we don't know about. Um, I thought that the destruction of the, the like the biggest thing in this was the destruction of the Baxter Building, or is it the Four Freedoms Tower? I forget what it is now. Same thing. Um, Um, Although I do have to to say, I moaned when I saw the helicarrier listing and and crashing again, again. That never happens. Oh, the humanity! I know (laughs) that thing. That thing goes down more often than. <laughs> oh, let's not do that. I um, I think I think the reason the reason why I didn't think it was great is the reason Josh said is that there wasn't a moment that blew my mind. Like, it was cool. Like Jarvis and Dum Dum were, were great, were good moments, but there wasn't like a holy shit, it's Spider Man. You know what I mean? Uh, no, like, I, I, that yeah. was the moment for me that was keeping the book from being great was because I don't buy the end the ending where all the seventies heroes pop out of the ship. I don't think for you know I don't think oh my god they're all retcon. No, I don't think that's the right. case. Right, and, and the thing tough. the thing is in an, in an eight issue miniseries that's 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 touching all the other books stuff like that. They're not going to do it in the first issue. I agree that I agree that something big and something crazy like that's got to happen, but it's not going to happen in the first issue. As far as the first, sure, issue, that's, that's the only reason yeah. why this wasn't yeah. a great a great comic. Why it was right. merely a, a very very good comic, right. which yeah, is the, to I, say it was you know 
not a ten, but it was an eight, which is no slouch. Yeah, and and the story that doesn't stop the story from being good overall. But like, I don't think the hook has happened yet. Yeah, like this feels like part of the first act. Right. Um. You know, it's just this is before the credits start, and there really wasn't the big hook yet. But it, it you know, it was fun. It was good. I, I don't have any complaints. I'm not like, oh, this shouldn't have happened. This was stupid. Uh, really strong, and I'm looking forward to reading more, basically, but I, I don't quite have... Yeah, no, this, I think this bodes really well for it. Yeah. But I also think that traditionally the first issue of these series are usually not my favorite. Right. Because there's a lot of setup involved. Um, we Really quickly, we got an email from uh, someone who didn't sign it, but his name was Bale Fuego at Gmail. Um, we, I know when we first read this, we were like, oh man, how long has Jarvis been a scroll? How long has Dum Dum been a scroll? Well, he says he... Um, he went back and was reading his old issues in preparation for the series, and in issue either three or four of New Avengers, Jarvis shows up at Stark Tower and says uh, that he'd been on a, quote, holiday, and he is wearing a conspicuous green kerchief in his shirt. Interesting. So we're going back that far for Jarvis, and Dum Dum, there was a Secret Invasion mini-show that Marvel released on their website, which is where oh. Dum Dum is switched with the scroll. Ah, we should check so that out. So that's actually shown in their webisode. And it and it actually appears as if the the Secret War book where Nick Fury was last seen in, that, that Gabriel Del yeah. Otto book that was really late and everything. I mean, I talked to somebody at my comic book store who went back and read it and yep. said that if you have the issues or if you have the trade or have the collection or you can, go read it. Um mm. You know, because apparently it, 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 it is going to tie into what happened here, so now i got to dig those issues out. Yeah, Bendis said that in an interview yeah. online. But um, what I thought was really interesting, though, aside from Secret Invasion, is that um, – I don't know if you guys saw it in the store, but Marvel put out a trade of um, – I forget exactly what it was called, but um, it was a collection of all the stories leading up to Secret Invasion that were crucial. Yeah, um, wow. it, it might have been called Secret Invasion Prelude or something like that, and it literally had Fantastic Four number two, the original scroll issue where they turned into cows. Right. All the way up to last week's New Avengers. Wow, and that's it, smart. And it was like fifteen bucks or something like that. So, like, if you if you want to get on board of this and you haven't been reading it and you have a couple of bucks, go buy that trade if you can find it. Because talk about smart on Marvel's part. I mean, real it, smart. Yeah, I mean, it's got it, it has it's got stories from the past forty years that have to do with scrolls, and it's like you know, and it's not that thick and it's not that expensive. So, I mean, I actually thought about picking it up, but I don't know. What's nice is the the cup of Joe thing at the end. Yeah, yeah, very useful. I was, you know, normally I, I skip past that stuff, yeah. but I was like, oh, look at yeah. this. And then they show you all the, how long he's been doing. If you go back and you read the first page of, of, of Bendis' New Avengers, yep. there's stuff going on in that. That's yeah. amazing. I think, That's I think years a, ago. I think a big thing that we, we forgot about when we talked about it when we did the mini and then we haven't talked about since is – and which I totally forgot about was that the Illuminati series – and that, yeah. like, and that, like, those Infinity Gems, like, Reed has the Power Gem, which is like let let you do whatever you want. Like the the Illuminati all have a jet, have one of the Infinity Gem. How that's going to play or how that's being used currently, who knows? You know, so I guarantee you, everything involved with that mini is going to come up in the series. Totally. I have um, I've been thinking about this, and I have three people who I think are definitely for sure not scrolls. Me, you, and Josh. Well, yeah. Okay. Um. Spider-Man, because they wouldn't have gone through all that brand new day one. Dear Lord, could you imagine stuff. if they made that? Okay, that's yeah. That's he's awesome. I think he's definitely not a scroll. Okay. Um, Reed Richards, interesting, be, because he, he is the scroll's main villain. Yep. And he's the one they are attacking. And he gets shot, but not just because he got shot, but he is the one they would be coming after. Yep. And Pim passed him up. Yeah. yeah. And um, anything to do with Captain America? So like, this is not the Steve Rogers at the end of the sh- end of the um, end yep. of the issue and. Bucky's not a scroll. Anything to do with Brubaker's story is not going to be involved with this because there's no way they're going to invalidate what he's been doing over the last, okay. 
you know, I don't, three or four years. I, I, w- I would add, I don't think it can be Stark because the entire story has been his inner t- turmoil by himself thinking about it. So but why ben, would Bendis did say that people are scrolls who don't know their scrolls, like what? like the five Cylons, they yeah. have people who don't know uh-huh. their scrolls, like Captain yeah. Marvel, yeah. There um, must be some kind of way out of here. Uh, <laughs> yes. There are, well, there, are thing, fa- there are scrolls who are in so deep that they have no idea that they're scrolls. So one, it could be Stark. One thing that I thought was funny, I, I'm going to add to your list, Connor, that I don't think this Wolverine is a scroll because he was already replaced by a scroll in the in the X Men pages. Well, there was another theory floating around yeah. the, the forums that if you look throughout this issue, certain characters show up completely in silhouette, while everyone else is not. And in the beginning, one of them is Jarvis, one of them is Dum Dum. Yeah. And then later on, the issue Wolverine and Sentry both show up as complete silhouette. Interesting. Um, that might be. But the then case. I think. But, I, but what I was going to say was that there was a theory thrown around um, that the new Avengers issue with Echo, um, with Maya and the scroll thing like that, could have mm-hmm. been a double blind to um, fake out Wolverine, and right. that maybe Echo already is a scroll, and that was just a setup to throw Wolverine off, which would be freaking like you know double you know like double fake outs, which I I, I don't know if I believe, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. So. I think in order for this this series to be really epic, somebody major needs to be a squirrel and not somebody like Echo. Yeah, agreed. Somebody somebody big time has to be yeah. uh, a double agent this whole it's time. It's totally Clint Barton, by the way. And Clint is not a big enough character. Yeah, it's got to be an A-lister. Yeah. Also, if they – he's like a B-plus lister. Yeah. yeah. And also, let's get him out of Ronin. Let's let's let that be the end of this. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's off topic. Is what All that right. is. Well, we could go. We could do a whole show on Secret yeah, yeah. Invasion. So we should. We did. Sure. We actually did. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good. And, and I think Josh, you summed it up in the mini that that it makes you you can't wait for the next issue, and that's what totally it, you should do right. So. Yeah. Josh, um, the next comic is something that was almost a pick of the week. I know you liked it too. I actually I, – I asked you. I was like, did, did Detective Comics uh, 843 come close? And, and, and I, I was pleased that you said, of course it was. I, uh, if you read this, there was um, – basically, since dini has been on this book, uh, Zatanna has showed up here and there. And um, you know, she, she, there's been sort of slight romantic undertones with him, him and Bruce – her and Bruce. And in this one, they, she finally like just sort of acted on it. Dude, that page at the bar was awesome. It's awesome, yeah, it was awesome, so good. Because there's so many times where they just pussyfoot around things forever. Yep. And it was so nice. To see. It's always so nice. To, it's what I call the anti Kevin Arnold theory, when <laughs> somebody, when a character actually just fucking says what they want and what they're thinking. And I love that because they could just they could just be all coy about it, but she's just like well, you know. What come I on. thought what I thought was really interesting though was the two pages where they're talking about it at the bar. And basically Zatanna, you know, Zatanna's going like, well, did you ever think about it? And he's like, I didn't think that was an option, blah, blah, blah. And at one point Bruce says, you know, they're, you know um, considering our history. And I thought that was really interesting because not only do they have this history that we've revealed that they were childhood friends, but Zatanna wiped his mind. Yeah, then the identity crisis, yeah. Which is kind of effed up, you know what I mean? Like, apparently, to, apparently he's over that. Yeah, or he forgot, <laughs> or she did it again. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. She doesn't wear pants, and that kind of throws off a dude's head. It does. Fishnets yeah. make things very confusing. Yeah, I loved when she changed it. When she changed it into something more comfortable, and it just sweats. That was awesome. That was a nice touch. Yeah. So you know, it was a nice touch. Also, uh, was the reveal of um, the ventriloquist. Yep. Yeah. Somebody from his past that she she almost snapped out of it, and I was like, I admit I've gotten bored with this character because they haven't really said anything about her. But it's nice to see that that's developing too. Yeah. And yep. that puts a whole other spin and a dimension. Uh, also, I just I want to give uh, credit to to Dustin Gwynn. Yes. Uh, the, 
book's been bouncing around since Don Kramer left it. Um, and this was nice. This was just this was exactly the kind of Batman art. I this fit I like, very well with. I like what he did with the cover, and then I really liked what he does inside. Like I really. Yeah, he's it. he's great, and this is also we should mention uh, a two parter because he's been Dini's been known for doing the one shot issues, but this is one of the few two part stories that he's <laughs> been doing. Very cool. Um, but I loved everything about this. I loved the art. I loved the interplay between Satana and Batman. I loved um, the villain. Um, I liked that. There's, they're hinting at this not just in Detective, but there was also that I told you guys in, that, in the show, the Superman and Batman comic, where it, it was, they revealed Batman's inner want, and it was Zatanna, and it was I like that they're kind of hinting at. I would love to be have it be explored. I don't know if DC would allow it, but um, it's a great pairing. It's, it's a I think Bruce, I think Bruce needs a little uh, vacation, as it were. <laughs> he needs he needs some good to happen to him, and also it's a great it's a great pairing in that she's his polar opposite in the mystical realm. He's so yeah. not that kind of person, and yeah. it's great. It's a great it's a great mix. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. Uh, so you know, it's good. They, you know, like Batman, they they sort of went through a thing where he's happier now, but not really. You know what I mean? Right. Like let's let's throw it. You know, one of the best times that I can remember when is when um when Rucka was writing it was writing Detective. And uh, Sasha Bordeaux, who's in Checkmate now, was you know they was they had like an interesting relationship, and that never really went anywhere. But it was always very good. But it really did. Like I mean, they had they, they they had a relationship, even if it wasn't a normal one. It was there, so he it was a. You right. can have Batman have him be. He doesn't have to be the monk in the Batcave, and he doesn't right. necessarily mean to be sleeping with everybody. But he should be able to have personal relationships without it being screwed up. Well, what's actually going to happen is that he's going to lose all his money, have to get three or four jobs, and marry a supermodel, and then they're going to have to rent on that up. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be interesting to anybody anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, mm. Yikes. Um, speaking of which, Amazing Spider-Man 555, the first issue of the Zeb Wells, Chris Bocciolo, um arc. And for me, Ron, did you buy this? I did. Of course I did. I've been buying it, um, buying it weekly. Uh, this is a weird one because for me, I thought this was far and away the best written issue. Yep. Uh, even better than the Dan Slott issues, uh, also far and away the worst looking one. It's really funny that you said that because um, because I thought it was really well written and I've, I really have been enjoying Spider Man. I actually didn't hate the art as much as I did when when uh, Bachelor was on X Men. Um, I thought yeah, that the not good I, thought, at all. I thought that the villains towards the end were or the Arrow villains or whatever were more akin to what we saw on um, on uh, what call it on his run on X Men. Um, and I didn't like those scenes, but for some reason, the normal scenes um, I thought were, weren't that bad. I don't know if it was because Tim Townsend was inking it versus you know versus whatever was going on in X Men. Um, <clears throat> but you know, like I agree, I'm not. I don't love Bachelo by any means. Um, but for some reason, I was like, you know, this this isn't that bad. And I was liking the white margins, like in Fantastic Four, and and I didn't mind it. You know, but I, I gotta think, admit, um... but on the writing side. I love the DB. I love the new editor. I love the 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 the, inter, the um, exchanges and interplay between Parker and the new editor. Anything at the but, Daily Bugle is great. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. One thing this issue had in 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 the other issues didn't was moderation in terms of the writing. Yes. Where nothing was. There was not a lot of hitting you over the head with jokes that they've been doing in some of the issues. Yeah. There was a lot of humor, and I thought his Spider-Man was very funny, but he was he wasn't over the top funny, and he yeah. wasn't. And the DB jokes weren't over the top. Everything was very grounded, but still very funny. Yeah. Um, I thought that was very strong. I just, I, <coughs> Bachelor is not doing it for me. I know lots of people like him. Yeah. 
And a lot of people don't like him. He just his style, yeah. his Wolverine was his perspective was awful. I mean, just the, people had weird the, legs. The one thing, the one thing I can't I can't decide whether I hated or liked was in, on the back page and the letters page the uh, mm-hmm. the no prize alert where they admit that um, that what you know the fact that Wolverine and Doctor Strange were in this issue and it doesn't fit in continuity. And I was yeah. like, okay, cool. They're they're you know they're they're addressing it, but at the same time, they're just like, yeah, well, we can't explain it. So if someone else explain it. You'll get a no prize. I was like, oh god, yeah. you know. So I don't know. And the other the other thing with the art is that they've had this established style from McNiven to Jimenez, yeah. you know, like the sort a of cleaner, realistic, yeah. cleaner style, and they throw in Botchlow, and it's like, oh, it's what the yeah. F- yeah, I do what admit is- it was a bit of a jerk in the other direction. So was it yeah. that you just didn't like the style, or did you actually get lost in the pages? Because that's always been my problem. No, no, the, I thought the pages were laid out much better than they have been because he 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 laid it out um, similar to how uh, Hitch has been doing Fantastic Four with the white borders, yeah. the white panel borders, and like they're thick, they're like a good quarter of an inch at sometimes. So, like, the storytelling, there's no issues with the storytelling at all. Yeah, Ron, that's correct. It wasn't yeah. like X-Men where you couldn't tell what the hell was happening from panel to panel. Yeah. This was, you, you could follow the story. It was just, I don't like, I don't, what the way he draws is good for me. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's, you know, just personal style preference. I don't like the style. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, but it was really, really good story. So, that was, yeah. that was good. Yeah. That was the best one. Cool. That's uh, good. Uh, when I was gone and on vacation, you guys talked about Kick-Ass number one, so I didn't get to talk about that issue. Did you like um, it? I loved Kick-Ass number one. Did you like Kick-Ass number two? I did not love Kick-Ass number two. <laughs> why, why did you not like it? Um, I thought, well, okay, here's the thing. I don't, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to reserve my opinion on Kick-Ass number two because I don't know where this series is going. And I think where it's going oh. has a lot to do with how I feel about series, this issue. I thought the first issue was really grounded in realism, which was the whole idea, I thought, of the super, being a superhero in the real world and what would happen to you. Whereas I thought this issue had a lot that wasn't realistic. So either they're going in a realistic direction, in which case this was awful. What was unrealistic? Well, for one thing, the injuries sustained in number one and then through the beginning of number number two to the main character, he would never be able to A, get back out there on the streets, or B, take another beating. Yeah. He would, he would, that's, the one thing, would, that's the one thing that, that got me is that the first half of this issue spends all the time talking about the beating that he got and how bad yeah. his recovery was and, and then all the surgeries and the metal plates yep. in his head and the therapy. But anyway, here we go. Yeah, and then and then and then I thought it was realistic that he had the he had the moment when he was finally better and he was you know crying because he caused such pain to his and, and bills to his yep. father and then burning the comics and saying never again and then within one panel he's back in he's the back costume up. on the streets yeah. and I was just like you know that's that's a bit too um, you know. That's a bit too much of a jump for me. You know? Yeah, and then he, and then he takes a severe beating again, and if it's somebody who's barely held together by surgery would completely fall apart and yeah. probably die. But that said, at the end of it, when he's standing there and everybody sees him and kind of applause, I, I got a little bit of a charge. So, I don't know. See, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't be angry that he's, he was standing at all. He wouldn't be standing. He'd yeah, be dead. I, I mean, I didn't, and he I beat didn't. three of the dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was like, yeah, he beat him. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, in the middle I was, eh, but then by the end I was still with it, so. Just for a second, I thought that he was going to get beaten up again, and it was yeah. going to end up in the hospital exactly. Which would have been like, funny as hell. Yeah, I know, kind of would have been. Although it would have been like, why did I just spend another three dollars? Yeah, so. like it doesn't make any sense. But I kind of thought I was like, well, that would have been ballsy. Or he like he gets killed, and he, that's not what the story's about at all. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, it, it could be revealed there's something else going on here, and in which case it'll make sense. But for me. If if I'm taking it at face value that this is about realistic superheroes, then it doesn't make any sense, and I don't like it. Yeah. Well, we'll see what the next issue. So it's, number three will be a telling issue, whether or not I continue on with the book. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah, so is so is it's it's really I mean, is good, Ramita. Yeah, it's really top notch Ramita art. So yeah. that's I mean, yep. he's got he's got some big panels in this issue. Yep. 
um, really, really, really well showcases his art, and that that is one thing that would keep me reconsidering dropping it. But God, I, I didn't, I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. What I do understand is that if I were to get <laughs> comics in Manhattan, I would go to Jim Hanley's Universe, which is America, one of America's best and most progressive comic shops. They've got the best selection of comic titles and merchandise and books and shirts and statues. Oh Lord, the statues. That's what I'm saying. Uh, they've got everything there. Uh, you can find it opposite of the Empire State Building in Manhattan. Or if you're on Staten Island, you can go to 325 New Dorp Lane. Uh, you can go to visit them on the web at jhuniverse.com or uh, friend them on MySpace at myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe, which would be where art and literature meet. It's a great store, and thank them very much. So go. now so – now, um, I'm not as versed in the Buffy verse. We've dis- we've we've established this. Correct. Um, I'm still watching. I'm still watching those DVDs. I'm slowly getting there. I'm a busy man. Um, but uh, this Drew Goddard, awesome. Wow, can he write just like Joss Whedon? Yeah, some might say better in the yeah, comic form. Really good. I was. I, I mean, the last two issues have just been great. And the in this issue, issue 13 that came out um, from Dark Horse Comics this week. Um, the scenes with uh, Xander and Dracula were fantastic. Were like laugh out loud fantastic. I I literally laughed out loud a bunch of them. I, I laughed out loud at the I didn't know you were this racist line. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so now here's the thing. And I know I know that Dracula showed up in the series. I, I wasn't watching at that point. I didn't yeah. see the episode. So apparently Xander and Dracula have this co- connection. He's um, what's his what's he called? His um, manservant or something. Like his that. man. Uh, yeah. He's his manservant. Yeah, he's man Dracula's servant, manservant. Yeah. yeah. And um, oh, and man. it was just it was really really funny. When the whole issue was really when really they funny. explained to Dracula that there are some Asian vampires with his powers, and they're like, "Did you you know did do you know any reason? Would you?" And and Dracula's like, "Of course not." And then he just pauses and he goes, "Oh balls!" Like, that was just, <laughs> like, Dracula say, "Oh balls!" Was just oh, it was so and then he's yelling, "Those filthy yellow swine!" And I was like, <laughs> "Really?" And then he yells it again, and then and then what saves it is that Xander goes, "You know, I really don't remember you being this racist." Like that was able to to. Say what we're all thinking is the, good, is the good thing about this book, and as I'm watching the show, is that like I'm hearing the characters' voices, and it still keeps up. You Absolutely, know? yeah. And so it's just amazing. I mean, this this Buffy series has been fantastic. Is Drew Goddard? A, is he a TV writer? I have no idea. Yes. Is he? I've heard yeah, that. He's name. one of the Buffy writers. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, that explains okay. it. So, um, yeah. this was the third issue that could have been pick of the week. This was number three. Wow, cool. How about number four? Number four was scalped a sixteen. Look at that cover. Yeah, it's a great cover. I was just looking at it right now, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's good! Just so yeah. nice." Uh, you know, this is and, and apparently this is the penultimate chapter of the Dead Mothers thing, which has been like one day that's gone over five issues, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally this would be cause to complain, but it's been really good, and this one was really good. There was a lot of word balloons in this issue. This issue was great in that there's a lot of character development. A lot of people are growing. Um, mm-hmm. Dashiel Badhorse is the main character, and he's been nothing but the supreme badass through 15 issues where he hasn't shown much heart, he doesn't show much sentimentality, he's just angry, he's there to do his job, he wants to leave. But, but sort of mentoring this kid whose mother was murdered has showed a softer side to him, and it totally he totally cracks in this issue where you see like a side of him we haven't seen yet, and I thought that was just amazing. He's totally, he totally feels for this kid, he, has, he, he feels protective of him, he wants, you, know, he, 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 you actually see him smile. Which, yeah. which is not something yeah, you've seen before. And he gives the kid his, his, his um, arrowheads, and, and it's just, it was really, really nice. And the same and then, can be said of, of uh, Red Cloud. Like, you know, he, he's shown his side over the past couple issues, but specifically this one. Like, 
oh, he's not all horrible. But Red Cloud, I think, is the best character in the series, and he's the most complex character in the series. Absolutely. Um, and he has he has the whole he gets to show many sides in this issue, as mm-hmm. well. And you both you know both Red Cloud and Dash you want the same thing. They want to, they want these murderers brought to justice. They just want to go about it different ways. And they're both you know under the thumb of the government, and their government's just as bad as everybody else, if not worse. And uh, the ending where where something bad has happened to to the boy, or it's going to happen. Uh, and then Dashio raises off. I, I was I was like pumped. I was ready to get to the next issue. I wanted to see what happened. I was I was worried for the kid. Yeah, good stuff all around. Been really really good. And that was that was almost that was the fourth almost pick of the week. So um, I doubted this was an almost pick of the week, but I we could not stop talking about Countdown for some reason. Um, Countdown number four. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, there are two things about this book that that stuck out to me. Number one, uh, Jamal Eigel, mm-hmm. fantastic pencils. I think art, really, really art. good, really good. But then um, there's one point in, in about four pages in when Mar- – so what's happened is that the Adam and Green Lantern and Donna Troy and Mary Marvel and everybody is back in out in the normal DC Universe Earth. And um, it's seemingly they've survived the, the, the mortal virus and all this kind of stuff. And at one point, Mary Marvel says to Donna Troy, oh my gosh, is this nightmare ever going to end? And Donna <laughs> Troy goes, gods, I sure hope so. And I was like, I wonder what they're talking about there. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that I read that same the panel had the same reaction. I thought, wow, I might have if I was the editor. Unless they're specifically talking about the book itself, I don't know if I'd keep that in there. Exactly. Um, but I thought the you know this I thought this built on the momentum of the yes, last two issues, where the last two were really good. This one was also really good. Yes, it really yeah it did. Um, whereas now I'm really looking forward to. I think the the, the dominoes are falling. Dark side's asserting himself. Yeah. He's he's brought Mary Marvel over to the dark side. Um, and and, it's, I, and I think I think all is not what it seems. I don't think they're on Earth with Earth. I think they're on again. Yeah, but yeah. Um, although I do got to say, there's something wacky about going back to your apartment, changing into sweats, and seeing Dark Side sitting in your living room. That, that <laughs> hello. Was gonna, that was kind of freaky. Like hello there. <laughs> but, and he um, talks like a Southern gentleman. Yeah, he does. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> and give it up for Cliff Chang's art in the back page with actually, the origin I, of Raza. I, I mean, I like Cliff Chang, but I, thought, I didn't like this. I didn't like it. I liked it a lot. It was, it was, it was, well, it was colored differently. It colored yeah. more like a painting. Yeah, exactly. I didn't like that. Plus, I hate Raz, so. How can you hate Raz Al-Ghul? He's a great villain. Oh, I can't stand him. Ugh. I've never liked Raz Al-Ghul either. Yeah. What's wrong with you guys? It's the mustache. Are... He doesn't Dark have a mustache. Dark Side is. Listen now. <laughs> he is. There's no, there's no getting around it. Dark Side simply is. Now lay down while I... would be a lot less you. menacing if we talk like that. Um, I, I, de- I definitely agree. So I, I'm very upset that I forgot to buy all-new Adam number 22. You, you should be, because it? it was fun. Was it? Yeah. Right, He's then. doing the total sci-fi superhero. Whereas, um, uh, I don't know anything about this guy, the Adam, which is weird, because there's also... Ray Palmer's also the Adam. So yes, it's like, I saw that, yeah. Um, you know, Mike Choi, is that his name? Ryan Choi, Ryan, Ryan Choi, Choi Mike yeah. Choi's an artist. I went yeah. to high school with a guy named Mike Choi. He's the all-new Adam, but also Ray Palmer is the Adam in Countdowns. So there's two Adams running around. But, so they uh, found him? Yeah, yeah, they found him. Okay. And uh, basically what happens is they they're, they're, uh, this, is, this is the only second issue I've ever bought of the Adam. I, I bought it last issue with Remender's first issue. Um, he's battling some monster that was coming out of it that, that they, they had found in his blood that had gone full size and was killing people and and the whole thing was just him, was the guy running around doing science experiments, trying to figure out how to, you know, beat this guy with science. And it's just, it was a lot of fun. It was awesome. what the Adam, I think, should, should be, is fighting science 
beasts and using the brain to to do that and that was really fun and then there's another atom which might be a third atom who shows up in this issue so i don't know what that's what that's all about but did, uh, did he attempt to blind them uh, with science nice. he, blown, he blinded them with science so i'll, t- I'll tell you what blinded me was i was in the store and somebody showed me a page from the boys number 17 <laughs> And, and I showed that page to Connor. And what's scary yeah. is that I knew a guy in college that that happened to. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> fantastic. I'm you know what? I I wanted to bring this up because I saw the cover. Okay, listen, it's gonna get graphic now. Skip two minutes ahead if you have a delicate sensibility. Or if you're under cover, or if you're under cover, uh, or shows what's gonna happen, doesn't it? See, the cover is basically Huey and the girl's name. Uh, I forget her, and they're kissing, and they're in a heart, and the heart is bleeding. And I think, oh. Heartbreak is on the horizon. Uh, no, much more literal interpretation than that. Um, he, he walks to the door uh, after uh, making sweet love to his newfound lady friend, and Butcher kind of laughs at him for a second, and you don't know what's going on, and then they pull out, and she was... Uh, his face was covered got, in blood. Yes, his uh, menstrual blood. All right, uh, I, I thought we could get around not saying it, and just kind of nudge, totally nudge, say it. it. No, it, it was a total like lame joke that didn't belong... Except I don't really care because this was a really good issue. But that sums up um, that sums up that whole series, isn't it? Sort of, but you guys haven't read it. You guys, I mean, I've been reading it the whole time. We're on seventeen now. Uh, you know, Huey is is the finally the soul of this of this series. Uh, and in this one, he gets together with this girl, and it's very sweet. It's actually been a nice relationship, and they like met each other in the park, and they keep going back. And you know, it's it's a cheesy joke, but that's sort of in tone of what the story is. But there is a, a backbone of heart with this, and I, you know what? I've really been enjoying it lately. This one was really good too. Um, it moves very slowly, yeah. on the one hand. Yeah. Like well, the, but, uh, I just have no. Yeah. I, love, I love Garth Ennis. I've just got no desire to read this book. No, I, 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 but it, you know, it's it has it's definitely been picking up steam. I'm I'm glad I didn't drop it. Oh, oh, good. If you like that sort of thing. I would anyway. prefer you not show me things like that when I come to your yeah. apartment ever again. Seriously, dude in college happened to in the tower. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, Dave W. I forget his last name. Anyway. All right. So um, so if you shop at a local comic book store and you're not happy with how they manage your subscriptions, you should tell them to check out foocomics.com, which is a website that allows comic book stores uh, total control over their customer subscriptions and allows their customers to log into the website Pick their pull lists, uh, which is a great companion to the ifanboy.com pull list feature, and um, helps them with their ordering as well as um, as well as you know generating reports and managing store annou- announcements and things like that. Uh, it was created by a comic collector, so it's designed to provide exactly what the stores and collectors are looking for. Um, and the great thing is that it's totally free, so comic book stores can register online and get started today by going to foocomics.com forward slash ifanboy. And um, if you think your store needs a little help in managing their subscriptions, tell them to check out foocomics.com. All right, cool. Normally in this part of the show is we go to voicemail and email, but we had a lot of books to talk about this, this week. Plus, uh, we've got the Book of the Month discussion, so we're going to forego that stuff, come back to that. Next week, next week, we'll be returning the email voicemail. Now Ron's going to tell us about his pick for iFanboy's Book of the Month for April. Yes, so uh, Book of the Month for April, as everybody saw on April 1st, was Cable Classic, volume number one. I'm excited. I went out and bought it. I'm all ready to talk about it. <laughs> a little bit of April Don't Fool's. Die. A little bit of April Fool's fun there for you all. Um, which is really funny though, because I got a lot of feedback from the cable review to people going, "Yeah, that was funny, but those stories are pretty good." No, they're not. <laughs> well, did you read them when they came? I read out? some. Yeah. yeah, the cable with the goatee and the the ponytail. No, I read the uh, oh. the old stuff with him. Well, no, this the, 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 that trade only had one New Mutants issue. All all the rest of it was all the miniseries that came out. Um, that actually weren't that bad. Anyway, but, New um, Mutants was enough. It was not good. <laughs> but obviously, my my review was tongue in cheek and and really false. 
Wait, you mean it wasn't the greatest comic of the last 25 years? (laughs) My favorite was, if you're a fan of science fiction, fantasy, and noir, this book is for you. (laughs) (laughs) What's going to be great when you get quoted on the next volume? I really hope so, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, the real book of the month this month, um, it really was no – it really wasn't a a even – it wasn't very hard to pick this this review at all. Um, And um, I'm actually going to be talking about it also on that Fanboy Mini on Monday. Um, But uh, Justice League International Volume 1. Um, this is the this is the hardcover collection of the Keith Giffen, J.M.D. Matias, and Kevin McGuire uh, run on Justice League um, that was originally uh, published in 1987. This hardcover collects the first seven issues, and w- something really interesting when I was writing the review that I, I looked up just to see um, this is this series has been I, it's one of those series that's of legend where people are like, oh, did you read the Giffen, Dematias, McGuire run on Justice League? And Connor, you can attest to this. I've been looking for this for years. Yep. Right. I'd been looking for it in stores and all this kind of stuff. I finally, Josh's wedding weekend. Yeah, I finally find it in fucking Boston, of all places, in a comic book store, and a, a ratty copy of it. And and uh, for a while, my MySpace picture was a picture of me reading that book in the hotel room. Um, <laughs> and the reason Rough why night. the reason why I couldn't find it was that this hasn't been in print since 1991. It's a freaking crime. Such a crime, and even more so. This book is it, this book was best known for the humorous take and and the uh, um, that Giffen brought to the book and kind of you know kind of a lot of jokes with these with these uh, B level characters and McGuire's fantastic you know very expressionistic art. But what I thought was really interesting is that the book was after reading again you know recently like you know this month. The book was really um, had a lot of overtones and themes that are present in comics today. Like it was kind of yep. ahead of its time in the way the media is involved and all this kind of stuff. But also, it's directly tied to a ton of events that are happening in the DC universe right now. Yeah. In, in terms of Maxwell Lord and what happened in Infinite Crisis and and Checkmate and all these kind of things, all those seeds are sown in this book. So absolutely, um, no. It's it's in a very. This is this is um, I'm. Unequivocal in that this is my all-time favorite series. If someone said you are you're allowed to have one run of comics and one run only and never buy another comic, I would say I'd want Justice League one through sixty, yeah. which is the Giffen. That's the Giffen run. He wrote the first sixty, yeah. and the uh, Justice League Europe. But that that would, I, without a doubt, that's that's this is my all-time favorite run of comics. Yeah, and and so the fact that it's volume one in hardcover leads me to believe that they're going to reprint all sixty, which is like mm, they're not because it's I it's. Hope. The volume two is coming out. I think that goes with probably the next seven issues. Volume two is coming out in two months, I think, or three months. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, at a certain point, the, the book started as Justice League, then it became Justice League International. It, and then it split into two it, books. It, issue seven, it became Justice League International. Right, and then it splits into two books, Justice League America, Justice League Europe. Yeah. Um, and then those are all intertwined. They're not always, but they do cross over a lot for the next 40 or 50 issues, however many issues it is. So they'd have to collect all of those. It would end up being like... You know, a hundred or so issues. I mean, they could, but I don't see it. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Well, now, now, aside from the the writing aspect of it, which was which is really interesting, in that you know, and Giffen, you know, Giffen did bring the humor, but I think Dematias brought in a great, um, great dialogue and really kind of grounded it. Um, and that writing team was one of the great kind of writing teams of comics that we've seen. You don't often see a, a, an extended writing team, you know, do it, you know, for a long period of time and have it really work well. But um, Kevin McGuire's art is absolutely. I mean, we we've talked about how frustrated we are with Kevin McGuire as an artist over the past what twenty years now. Right. How, I wish there was more. Yeah. You know? Well, he just he doesn't really want to be a comic artist. So right. Yeah. Well, know, yeah. But um, search it out. And and I and I know and we've talked about it. I mentioned my review, but it's this moment that sums it up. Is that you know the the historic punch in in Justice League International when 
Guy Gardner and Batman are Guy Gardner is pissing everybody off because he's annoying, and finally Batman just punches him and knocks him out with one punch. That's like the that's like the the moment that sums up the iconic moment of the series. Yeah. yeah, but it's not that moment; it's the reaction to that moment that I think mm-hmm. represents Maguire. And I mentioned this in my review: is that is that um, Blue Beetle's laughing, is cracking up the the Black Canary's pissed because she missed it. Martian Manhunter's kind of smirking. Batman's all stoic. Blue Beetle is reaching up under his mask to wipe his eyes, to wipe the tears from his eyes. I don't yep. think I've ever seen that in a comic book. Yeah, like that's that that subtle aspect that oh wait to wipe the tears away he'd have to go under the the yellow goggles and wipe his eyes away and it's so clear as day that that's what's happening uh, it's just genius so um that's that's the, he, the this is a groundbreaking book and it's yeah. amazing to think that this is one of kevin mcguire's first jobs yeah. oh yeah totally it's amazing little it's little touches like that that he he had in his entire run he really seemed to understand yep. these are people wearing clothes and most of the time the costumes are sort of ignored they're not really People, you know, forget they're wearing them. They're yeah. they're just sort of there. Um, it's well, it's a it's an amazing book. I was looking through this book because we were we were scanning pages of it, um, and and like it's hard to find pages where they're not sort of standing around a boardroom talking. No, they're not. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't and I don't mean that in a bad way. Because first of all, I'm I'm looking through it right now, and and Guy Gardner gets punched in issue five, four, it's five, five, five yeah. okay. He doesn't show. They, then they all go off and do something for the rest of that issue. And guys knocked issue, out for the whole time, right? Right. Issue six is Captain Marvel versus uh, Martian Green Manhunter. Man. The first, well, the first page uh, of issue seven is Guy Gardner waking up. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know that also that punch in issue five was prefaced by you know like a moment in the first issue. Yeah. Where guy is like being a prick and he's he's like fighting around with everybody and and Batman just comes on and he just sit down, yeah. <laughs> kind of accept. Well, it. there's masterful plotting through this whole series. What what, what, what people who don't haven't read the whole series don't know is that punch. He gets punched in five. The punch changes his personality. Yep. He becomes a nice guy for like six or seven months, <laughs> and then he then he hits his head again and he goes back to being the old guy. But like he, they altered. I mean, there was long-ranging plotting going on. Yeah. Like it, it, it was stuff called back. And the great thing, I mean, this is not this is sort of cheating because it's not it doesn't t- take place in this particular volume. But like people I know were commenting on the site that it wasn't as funny as they thought it would be because this, the follow-up miniseries, while nice, while nice, and the art was good, and it was nice to see the gang all back together, was really just a bunch of gags in a row. Yeah. There wasn't much of a plot involved in those minis. It was just a bunch of jokes, which is fine if you've read the books. It's a nice callback, but. The humor in it is is there, but it's also grounded in stories, and the stories have consequences. And the, what, and it's funnier because it's built off those those stories. But every once in a while, they would hit you with something serious, and 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 yeah. when you've been used to jokes the whole time, so when something serious happens, somebody dies, or something really bad happens, you it felt like you got punched in the gut with a hammer. You know, it was just like uh, the, just it was a perfect yeah. melding of characters. Yeah, it, I love this book. I love it absolutely. Do you find that the Batman's I haven't had a chance to read through it again, but ever like just just glance through it. Batman's pretty hardcore in this. Yeah, yeah. Like, does he have any? Do they go into any of his humanity in this one, or does he just stay? No, he and he, he jokes in it. He's I a mean, straight man. He's he's the straight man for the jokes, but but he would occasionally drop in a joke and yeah. it would floor everybody. Totally, they'd yeah, be like, yeah. "Oh my god, Batman told a joke!" Like that. Everybody had a chance to play in the book. I mean, Beetle and Booster were the were the two main you know humor people. Batman was the straight. You have to have a straight man to play off yeah. of. Martian Manhunter was a straight man, but he would joke in his head. 
you know, like everybody had a personality yep. and everybody had a, a, a place in the story and everybody, everybody got a chance to be funny and got a chance to shine and got a chance to do something heroic and, and everybody came through the doors at one point. I mean, there's a, there's a membership drive. It'll be in the next series where they, they, they recruit new members and everybody basically comes, Hal Jordan, Superman, Hawkman, everybody comes through the doors. Um, everybody gets a, it's, it's just a great series it's, it's, it's a really really well, well written series yeah so it was great and, and it, like I said it was hands down the book of the month it's the, I mean if you're and I said it you know if you're a fan of the Justice League you're a fan of DC Comics you're a fan of good comics in general you need to own this volume of all of them all so um, so yeah so definitely definitely check that out and um, Connor where could people pick it up uh, if they wanted to buy it they go to instocktrades.com which saves you up to 37% on trade paperbacks and all kinds of books they got free shipping on orders over $50 and over 5,400 trade paperbacks are in stock and available for order right now. New releases are listed every Wednesday, and the orders usually ship within 48 hours at www.instructrades.com. And our last book of the month, Queen of Country, was was um, specially priced at 40% off. And you can find Justice League International will be specially priced as well. So go check out instocktrades.com and, and see the, the great deal that you can find there. Yeah, check out Justice League. You will not regret it. You don't have to know a lot of DC history to read it, to enjoy it either. Yeah. I can, I can vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I've read the book. No, it's great. It's a, it's a good book. I, I wouldn't have chosen this particular paper stock, but whatever. Well, yeah, I, I didn't want to get it. I mean, ironically, of all things, I didn't want to get into the paper stock. I, 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 I'm <laughs> with you there. But, it yeah. works, though, because if you think about when it came out and the, the kind of coloring that they use yeah. and the style of it, it actually works well like that. Yeah. And it's not glossy pages, so you can read it in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and it keeps the price point down. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. Cool. So, um, all right, cool. So, want to remind everybody to head over to ifanboy.com where you can read um, Connor's uh, Pick of the Week review of Action Comics or my Book of the Month review of, um, of Justice League International Volume One. And it's also important to note that um, you know we were you know we're we're kind of starting from scratch with the new website, and there you know we've had our bit share, fair share of problems and bugs, but we're constantly working on them. And one big one recently was the Remember Me function. Now was remembering you for longer. Um, I know that a lot of people had some gripes with that. Um, and also, we've done some um, tuning to the server, and now the uh, the speed factor has greatly increased. Yes, it has. Yeah. So um, slow clap. Yeah. So it, it, these are the growing pains that websites go through, and we thank everybody for being patient with us. And if you checked us out about a month ago, and you're like, "Ah, it's too slow for me," come back. You, you'll you'll be surprised. Indeed. Yep. Uh, and while you're there, if you want to pick up any of the books. Uh, that we've talked about in any of the video shows. You can go to ifanboy.com slash store, and you can use that to get to Amazon if you buy stuff from them. It helps us out indirectly. You're going to buy that stuff anyway. I know it. You know it. So why not help us out? I'm like the Hurley boy. Uh, or <laughs> if you want to sign up for a Netflix account, you can go to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy. Free two-week trial. That would be good too. And if you uh, didn't know about it, we uh, put out every, um, every week, we put out a weekly video show called ifanboy. Ironically enough, um, and you can find that at revision3.com forward slash ifanboy or on ifanboy.com. And la- uh, last week, uh, this past Saturday, we saw um, we're talking about some books from the vault. And uh, next week, the show coming up, we're going to be uh, taking some. We're going to be answering some emails. So, um, but that's not all the video for you. Certainly, no. Every every weekday, Monday through Friday, you can find the ifanboy mini show, which is a short form, one to three, sometimes four minutes um, show about comics, all kinds of topics and things going on. That's every Monday through Friday at ifanboy.com or revision3.com slash ifanboy. You won't hear me call it a snack-isode. <laughs> you won't. 
I love the minis, by the way. Let me just say that. An unbiased perf- uh, if you can, if and if you love them, you would want to go get a T-shirt. This is iFanboy on it, and this is intern on the other side. And you can get those at Jinx.com/slash/iFanboy. Uh, send in a picture of yourself. Uh, by the way, paper above and beyond with his picture. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well the forums. He better send that into Jinx. Uh, send to them. They'll give you stickers. Send it to us. Send send pictures. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, no pantsless pictures yet, by the way. Thank Just God. saying. Um, and if you uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Next week we'll be back to your emails and voicemails, and every now and then they pop up on the uh, mini video show as well as the regular video show. So call and write in. We love to hear from you. Definitely, if you are not doing your job and hanging out on the web all damn day, how about networking with us? Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com/about and find links to all of our. Site and personal uh, social networks, Twitter, MySpace, Comic Space, Verb, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> um, if you like the show, you can go to re- the Writer Review on iTunes. It's very cool for us to read, but also it helps people find the show. It helps make the show more prominent in the listing so people who are looking for comic shows can find it. So if you like the show, go over there. You can write a review for this show and for the video show. We definitely appreciate every single one of them. And finally, if you really, really like us, you can go to ifanboy.com forward slash donations and you can donate uh, in any denomination you see fit. And we really appreciate the support you guys have provided to us and uh, it's helped us you know, with the new website, with the video show, helped us make more comics content for you. So we thank you and appreciate it. Ron, can you donate in Krugerrands? Uh, Sure. What about doubloons? Sure. (laughs) I don't know. I I can't verify this. I can't think of any extinct currencies from the What about Wampum? <laughs> yeah, Wampum. <laughs> I got a box full of beads. What's this shit? <laughs> what about uh, pox-infested blankets? <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> what about mutton? Can you, can you donate mutton? It, it has awesome. a value. And a jar of meat. I would, I would encourage donation of mutton. <laughs> <laughs> we like mutton. I like mutton. It's difficult to cook. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Well, you're just going to spit over a fire and you cook it. <laughs> you cut off the- some of the fat from lamb. Uh, it gets out some of that gamey smell that some people don't like. Just saying. <laughs> lamb is good. Yeah, lamb is good. All right. Anyway, so, um, all right. Well, it was a good week and looking forward to another. It was a great week of comics. Yeah, yeah, great it, was, week it, was, of it was. It was a packed week. Uh, whew. Which so. means next week will suck. <laughs> you never know. So, all right. So, until next week when we find out if it sucks, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I will be Josh. Still forever. You're like Eeyore. <laughs> that wasn't sad. That was like Jay Peterman, but not uh, good. That was a Eeyore. I forgot to do it correctly. That's better. <laughs> production stills that have been posted on iFanboy. These stills are unauthorized and Lionsgate is requesting that they be removed immediately. It would be greatly appreciated if you took down these photos as soon as possible. Thank you. Bye-bye.